And I was sitting there going, what is wrong with me? I have a master's degree. I have all this training. What, what, what's the deal? And uh, <clears throat> at that moment, at that very moment, my crisis became my calling. That's when it happened. When I said, I am going to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else who's in this situation to have some joker like this. who. <laughs> Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the pay it forward community proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness, regardless of where you're at in life today. You just have to make the choice and start yourself down the journey of living a life of abundance. Get prepared to destroy the scarcity mindset that has been laid down in your mind and conditioned in your mind since you were a child. The more you listen to this show, the more you listen to these people and these conversations, you will start to record over the recording that has been laid down in your mind for many years. Your stories about money, your stories about relationships, your stories about your self-worth, all of that is going to be taped over, recorded over with the mindset of abundance so that you can start being the person that you are meant to be. One of a few major components of living a life of abundance is giving, paying it forward. And that's why I'm inviting you to pay it forward and give men of abundance to others. Share men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. Ask them if they've ever heard of a podcast. It's a great way to start a conversation. Say, hey man, have you ever listened to a podcast? And in my experience, quite frankly, few people have. More and more are saying yes these days, but few people have still to hear of a podcast. And guess what? You get to introduce them to their very first podcast, which is going to be Men of Abundance. Well, I would hope so anyway. It might be your other favorite uh, podcast, but I would hope that you would at least include Men of Abundance in the list of podcasts that you would help them download onto their phone. And I know from experience that when you do that, they're going to come back and thank you. I personally thank you because by you sharing Men of Abundance and taking just a few minutes of leaving a review over on iTunes, leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're listening on, that pushes us up in the ratings so more people can find Men of Abundance. Did you know that the last I checked, 88 countries... Men of Abundance has been downloaded in 88 countries. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. But I'm so honored that more and more people are finding this show, finding these conversations so that they can get their mind right and start living a life of abundance instead of the life of scarcity that so many people are living. And business owners, make sure you get go check out Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. It's growing. It's getting a lot of buzz. And it's just another way for me to reach out and save lives by saving businesses. Now, our featured guest today is Michael Allen Tate. He is an author, executive consultant, and career coach with over 20 years of experience. He is the author of Design a Life That Works, which teaches people how to balance their family, career, and faith. He also writes a blog entitled The Leadership and Life Journal. 
In addition to writing, Tate was also the CFO and sitting governor on the ICCI Worldwide Board. He graduated from the University of Alabama at Birmingham and Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and is now the founder and president of On the Same Page Consulting. He currently lives in Alabama and is an active outdoorsman. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Michael Allen Tate. Michael, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Great, Wally. How are you doing? Man, I am just wonderful. Uh, it's a beautiful Florida morning with a little bit of rain that we needed, and uh, I'm just enjoying life, man. How about you? Yeah, it's a great day here in, in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where I'm calling from, and rain has finally stopped. Tornadoes are going away, and... Uh, and I uh, <clears throat> burned my fields down at my quail hunting preserve this weekend, so I'm in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. I have not been bird hunting since, goodness, since I was a kid. We used to go all the time. And I yeah. grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and out where the stadium is at now, yeah, uh, the large stadium, I used to, that's where we used to go bird hunting and rabbit hunting and all that good stuff running around, you know, a bunch of teenage kids with, with guns running around. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. That's the way I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with guns and hatchets and <laughs> every one of us man i mean i got brought home one day i was thinking about this the other day i got i got brought home one day in the back of a cop car because i had some homemade nunchucks that i had made out of broom broomsticks which by the way was my mom's broom she wasn't too mm. happy about that part but <laughs> What's a I had them stick the you know the nunchucks like uh like Bruce Lee and stuff like that and they oh, well, they swing oh, the oh, yeah you know, it's like two sticks on a on a chain but I had two sticks oh. on a, on a rope and they were sticking out of my back pocket and a cop pulled up next to me and I must have been I don't know thirteen or fourteen yeah and uh you know he just put me in the back of the car and drove me back to the house and confiscated my nunchucks <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the, the world we live in man. Boy, you could do, yeah, when we could just hang out all day. Yeah. Afraid. Wow, what a different world. Yeah, and then the funny thing is, is, you know, we'd be out in the middle of a field with our shotguns and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pistols and stuff and shooting stuff, and yeah, nobody thought anything of it. Uh-uh, no. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> Same way here, you know, just I, when I... Uh, when I was growing up, I had a mar I had 21 cubbies of quail marked around my house in a book. And I'd come home from school and take my little bird dog, go out and hunt. My buddy Sherman and I would go around and do all that. And we stayed out. And uh, one day I cut my knee open with a hatchet in the woods mm. and run up. You know, just all that good stuff. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. yeah and we survived. Imagine that. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so i like to start out the conversation with an attitude of gratitude man a lot of what we just yep. talked about is definitely some grateful times that i've had in my life but what do you have to oh. be grateful for today michael well yeah of course begins with god's grace and mercy and this unwarranted favor that uh, that i've experienced uh my my wife three kids five grandchildren and a chance to help people find life-giving careers. That's what my that's what I do, and I just can't believe I get paid for this. Isn't so. it amazing? Yeah, I know. Absolutely amazing. It is a beautiful thing to bring families together like that because ultimately, in in similar work, it, it does. My favorite part is to see the light come on in their eyes, and then the, yep. and then in a couple months, bring the family back together. Man, just amazing. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis said, there's only two ways to live your life. One is if nothing's a miracle, and one, another is everything's a miracle. And, you know, I just every day just uh, 
just stand up. I saw I was at Rotary this morning. I'm a Rotarian. Hmm. I walked in. I walked in the Rotary and just we, we just turned to each other. How are you doing? And like we're just like we're just both amazed. And we're we're upright. It's part of it too. But you know, just uh, the things that happen, the way we're being blessed is uh, beyond favor. I mean, yeah. So I just live in amazement every day. Indeed, and and uh, curiosity. Yep. beautiful so you know we already talked about your bio we talked about the professional stuff you got going on of course shared you know michaelallentate.com and we'll talk more about that in a little bit but how would you describe yourself well uh, first it would be paul paul i'm a grand i have five grandchildren and once you have grandchildren nothing else matters uh you know why grandchildren and grand uh parents get along so well why is that they share a common enemy, the parents. <laughs> that, that's, that's a bad joke. It, it, it is, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And, so and you said Papa, and I've been, my wife yeah. and I, I think my mom, my wife's already got her grandma name. We don't have grandkids yet. Yeah. But my wife has her grandkid, her, her, her uh, grandmama name, and I can't recall off the top of my is head, it, but it, I haven't th- come I up with mine yet. Is it? Is it Nana? No. I don't know. Uh, that I don't think so because she's Hispanic, so I think it's something of that nature. But <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah, my, my sister's, hers, hers is, she's, she's Gloria. Hers is Gigi. That's a good one. Uh, I like that it one. It is a good one, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Paul Paul, I, you know, I'm an executive guide. You said that, but an outdoorsman of fly fishing, quail hunting. I mean, that's who I am as a person. And hopefully, uh, I caught, uh, I call myself a minister, but with minister being a verb rather than a noun. So um, that's, yeah, so that's kind of how I describe myself. Yeah, pretty interesting background or very interesting background, actually. And it all feeds into, you know, what you're doing now. Yep. And I'm sure there's been uh, a few events along the road that has, you know, kind of guided you because uh, we're g- going to get into that kick in the gut moment. But yeah. these kick in the gut moments really kind of change the trajectory of our life and bounce us off course a little bit and sometimes yeah. send us in a complete different direction. So if you would share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that. Okay. Well, <clears throat> when I was uh, in my mid-20s, I was at graduated from college and started to work for UPS. I was on the track to be in management. I was actually loading trucks is how I started in college, put myself through school that way. And uh, so I had that up my life planned. I was going to work for UPS and kind of do all that. One day, uh, uh, my manager, Connie Parsons, uh, sat me down and we sat on there, but we sat down by the truck and he said, Mike, are you going to push packages the rest of your life? And I looked at Connie and I went, "What? I don't. I, I haven't thought that far, Connie." <laughs> and he said, uh, "He said, well, you know what?" I said, "What about you?" And he said, "I'm going to law school. I'm quitting next month." And I just went, but he said, "There's something that you need to do. I don't know what it is, but you just think about that." So I put it out of my mind. Just got right back on my track, headed out. And then about a month later, a pickup truck broadsided my Toyota Corolla. Uh, knocked me 90 feet sideways, uh, t- through my hip, crushed my hip, pushed my leg all the way to the other side of the car. I was in surgery for about 12 hours, uh, lost an inch and a half in my leg. I didn't walk for a year and a half and uh, <clears throat> kind of had some time to think. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I took that as an opportunity, and that's when I uh, 
I had had a lot of uh, pastors influenced in my life, and I just sensed a calling uh, to the ministry. So I went to Southern Seminaries in, in Louisville, and kind of I got my degree in education administration, started my life as uh, in the in the ministry. So that was my real. That's probably the hardest kick I've had in my gut, and it was all for a reason that's kind of head, headed me this way. So. Yeah, it's interesting how those, you know, significant emotional events kind of make you move uh, like, you know, your your buddy was talking about, are you going to do what you're doing now for the rest of your life? And, you know, when you're that age, you don't really think about it. I know I did. That was something that I have to say that I just knew I didn't want to continue in the lifestyle that I was in at that age. So that's right. why I joined the military at a young age. Reluctantly, I had no desire to go into the military. My uncle just suggested mm. it, having been in the military for quite a while at that point himself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, you know, and then as as you progressed through that, you know, mm. what else, where else did your life go, and how did you ultimately get into what you're doing now? Yeah, so uh, as I went through, uh, you know, and, and Connie was, Connie Parsons, my manager, was really that turning point for me to make me think that way and and so i started i was in louisville kentucky i was uh administrator at a couple of churches there and uh <clears throat> then um after i graduated and i was doing well the church was growing kind of a mid-sized church and things were going pretty well building buildings growing programs all that kind of stuff and uh but i i just didn't feel fulfilled uh something wasn't right I, the two pastors i worked with I hope they are unusual. For seven years, we never had a staff meeting and never prayed together as a staff. I've never that never happened, and I was going. There is something wrong with this picture. Uh, and people would come to me. A lot of church members, you know, were, were always get disgruntled. You know, churches, and they'd come to me and say, "I'm really disgruntled with the church and what's going on." And my response was, you know. I'm more concerned about your growth as a Christian and a person than you being a member of this church. There's a lot of good churches around here. And the pastors didn't like that very much and because uh, they kind of looked at the numbers. Mm. And so <clears throat> finally, after a while, I really, I literally got sick from the stress of being in that situation. So sick that I wound up in the emergency room with boils all over my body. Uh, and just at the and I just couldn't take it anymore, so I quit. And so I was kind of at a low place in my life. So we get a little bit lower, though, because I went to a career counselor. I said, what can I do? I've been in the ministry. You know, what, what can I do from here? He said, well, you should be an HR director. He gave me a few tests. And then he sent out about 500 resumes. I got one response. You think I was depressed before? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sort of lifts the spirit. So I get that kick in the gut, and I'm sitting there going, what is wrong with me? I have a master's degree. I have all this training. What, what, what's the deal? And uh, <clears throat> at that moment, at that very moment, my crisis became my calling. That's when it happened, when I said, I am going to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else who's in this situation, to have some joker like this who, you know, who does this kind of thing and doesn't even return your call. So that was when minister became a verb for me and my crosses become came my calling which is to help people find life-giving careers and uh so that's i mean that is the that was the pivotal point that took me here yeah got me here 
Yeah, and that's that's impressive in itself. I mean, at some point, guys, you just have to, as I always say, take inventory of what you're doing and what's working and what's not working. And, oh, my goodness, man, when I was getting ready to transition out of the military, I must have, I don't know if it was 500. In fact, I know it wasn't 500 (laughs) resumes that I've submitted to various places, but it was a lot. And, man, to you know to not even get a response and then to get a a referral and then get an interview and get rejected it's like man i can't handle (laughs) i can't handle any more rejection man so i just took matters in my own hands and that sounds like exactly what you did yeah because the because the reason i got depressed was because i had chosen the world's worst way to find a job Mm, it was it's the worst strategy uh you know it's never worked it never will work right so uh, from that, uh, I went to. Uh, I said, "Well, I want to get. I want to get this stuff right. I'm, you know, I want to learn how to do this." So I, or if you're familiar with what colors your parachute. Oh book, yes, absolutely. Okay, so I called Richard Bowles and I said, "Richard, I'm going to get this business. Will you help me?" And he said, "I sure will." I spent time with him. He helped me get into uh, <clears throat> understand the whole philosophy of of how you really find a career because he's you know most people just choose the wrong strategy. And the strategy is actually to do what we say, have an organized way, a plan, a career plan before you have a resume and, and share your career plan with other people. But, uh, but anyway, after I met with Richard and I, I got into the business of outplacement, I started a little business here in town. Uh, you know what outplacement is? Congratulations, you're fired. Here's Mike. Right. Yeah. So I walk in I, and so I build my business up and uh, – <clears throat> uh, I sold my company to another company. I started working for them. And after a while, I really got dissatisfied with that because I'm an entrepreneur. I really can't work for anyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote down what I want. I, I started, I got, I was going to quit and I went, no, I'm going to write out my plan. I'm going to write down. I learned a lesson I hope before. I'm going to write down what I really, really want. I'm going to get clear on it. And then I shared it with a friend who was outside the company and then about three months later, the company literally developed, created that position I had written down on that sheet of paper. And so I stayed with the company for another couple of years. So sometimes leaving your company is not the answer. It's getting clear on what you want. It's like I hate this. You know, people say I hate my cubicle. It's not the cubicle. Mm. You know, it's getting clear because once you get clear, you know, providence, God steps in, something's happens where doors start opening that you could never imagine. So that was another big aha for me. And after that, I left, of course, and started my own business and what I'm doing today. So that's my story. I'm sticking into it. <laughs> and I love it, man, because it it really does follow the same kind of path that I did. Very, yeah. very similar. And guys, one of the things I want to, want to take away from this that I want you to listen to is that Michael saw – something he he knew somebody who was doing what he wanted to do and he reached out to that person even though you would think well why is this guy going to talk to me yeah you know and that's exactly what I did. Uh, I, I reached out to Dan Miller, who has a, a podcast and a book called 45 Days to the Work You Love, or 48 Days, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And I had been, I read his book years ago, same, about the same time that I read, you know, um, What Color Is Your Parachute and all, any other type of book that was getting me ready for transition. And I thought at the time, well, let me rephrase that. Now, it was that. I kind of thought at the time that I wanted to transition into another job, knowing darn good and well that I didn't. 
quite frankly, yeah. I wanted to work for myself and I just had to figure out how to do that. So, but I still had that conversation. I reached out to Dan. We had a conversation. In fact, I posted it on one of my po- uh, prior episodes on the, on the men of abundance podcast for the benefit of the, of the listeners. But it's just so important to reach out to the guys that are doing what you want to do and don't be intimidated by who they are. Cause most of them, quite frankly, want to talk about what they do and how they got to got there and they want to help people. Yeah, and that's uh, really the secret to life, you know, is even if you have the answer, ask for advice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I teach people to put together a one-page career plan that gets them clear and go and share and ask people for advice, but never, ever ask for a job. Never mm-hmm. ask about an opening. Never put that anybody in that kind of position to feel that kind of pressure to come to them and just say, Here's my plan. What do you think? I've got a list of organizations I think I'd like to work for. Here's some of my skills. Critique my plan, mm-hmm. and it'll lead you to it'll lead you to places you'd never imagined, just by getting out of the way and giving them a clarity of something to speak from, and just watching God's grace work through it. I mean, it's what happens. So, yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's another point to that. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is my thought process as well is when you're setting your goals, you have to be very specific with timelines and the whole bit. Same thing, guys, yep. when you want a job, when you uh-huh. go to an employer and you know, I want to, I got these five companies I want to work for. But when you, when you go there and fill out multiple resumes for multiple positions, chances are you're not going to get a one of them no. because they're looking for somebody who says, this is me. I want this job. I'm the man for the job. This is my skills for this job. Even if you have skills for the other positions, right. you want to be specific about the job you want within that organization. What's your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. The more specific you are, the quicker you'll find what you're looking for. But the reality is that 80% of the jobs that are are never posted anywhere. Right. Uh, 20 Ten percent of those you see online are already filled mm-hmm. unofficially, and so we have to imagine there is no job hunting system. I would tell people avoid HR, avoid recruiters, avoid personnel people. There is uh, there's every week there's a table in every company, and every week the managers sit to, down together and they look up and say, "We have a problem here, we have an opportunity here," and they turn to each other and say, "Do you know anybody that could help us?" So your job is to take your plan and meet with your friends and get referrals. So at that when that table come that thing comes up the table, they'll say, you know, we met this guy. He didn't even have a resume, but he had a plan. I think he'd be worth talking to. What do you think? So that's how job. You know, that's how you find your your place in the world. Just assume. I mean, you need a resume. Don't let me. You know, you got to have one, mm-hmm. but just don't lead with it. I mean, that's uh, lead with. It's like, am I going to start a business with a brochure? or a plan, you know, mm. which comes first. <laughs> cool. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's the biggest thing I try to explain to people is that by the time it's posted, the only reason why they're posting those jobs is just so that they can fill yep. up their database. Yep. Uh, and all of these job boards out there from Zip Recruiter, Monster, I mean, you name it. Please. Literally. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm sorry, guys, just garbage. Absolutely. It. It's yes. you're not, it, very, very few people get positions from those and by the way um you know they're they're really not the positions that most people want like the management positions and that's another thing that i've learned is most people undersell themselves there are so many upper level management positions that are empty because a lot of people just don't feel that they're qualified or can land that type of job right 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, but you can't explain that on a resume. That's why, mm. you know, everything's relationship. It's one person to the other person to people saying, do you know somebody? It's the higher you get in an organization, the more informal the hiring process is. The higher we get, the more informal it is. Even if you're inside a company, like I, like I was, write down what you want. Be careful who you share it with. I wouldn't necessarily share it with people inside, but once you get it right. so clear, uh, it's just those little conversations. You know, it's all about chemistry. It's all about uh, those things you don't put down on paper that really get people in higher level positions. It's uh, uh, anyway. So that's what I would tell. Uh, but it's all through that. Uh, you know, I mean, people. I work with folks. And people call and say, I, ca- I call this person and they ask me for my resume. I said, had a, pl- had a plan, and they almost dropped the phone and said, what? And they said, come see me. I need to talk with you. I've never seen a career plan before. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> so anyway, that's kind of the, the way, because, you know, we talk about networking, but if networking is asking people for openings or jobs, that's you're asking them to do something they can't do. So go to them with asking them something they can do, which is give you advice, and it'll just lead right to the kind of problems are out there, not the jobs, the problems, opportunities you can come in and help them solve. Yeah. And by the way, that's one of the big, biggest questions you can ask a potential employer is what's the biggest problem that you have within your organization around this area, that area being something that you can assist with in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just almost uh, serendipity. A lot of this stuff is I worked with a guy who was a materials manager at a manufacturing plant. And he was uh, the manufacturing course is kind of going down. He's trying to get out. I, I worked with him. He's at a pretty high level, so I had him just carry one postcard, an index card with a list of companies on it that he thinks he's interested in, kind of industries. He carries it around with him. He's at a, getting his tires changed, and he's sitting next to a lady there, and they're talking. She says, "What do you do?" And he said, "Well, I'm kind of in between. I'm a materials manager. I do process engineering and stuff like that." And she, he's, he pulled the card out and showed it to her, and there was a hospital on there, a Brookwood Hospital here in town. And she said, oh, my husband's CEO there. <laughs> what, two weeks, later, two weeks later, he's now running processes inside the hospital. So that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, there, there is not a system. It's, you are the system. Yeah. There, <laughs> you never yeah. know who you're talking to, guys. No, you no. absolutely never know. And that's why you never know who you're sitting next to. So oh. make sure you're talking to them. Right. Yep. Yeah. Excellent, man. So what are some other good news stories? That's a great news story, man. What are some other good news stories that come out of the work that you do for these guys? Uh, well, you know, I, uh, uh, my, I work with quite a few college students. That's not my target market. You know, all the CEOs send their, that's who I work with CEOs and VPs. I'm, I'm on contract with four or five companies on retainer where I help people inside companies manage their careers, but they always send their kids to me because they get out of college, don't know what they're doing, and they, they took a job because of their, usually, my you know, it's my buddy decided to be an accountant, so I thought I'd be one, and uh, so this guy came to me about 10 years ago, and he, he was in finance, and I sat down with him, he's 20 years old, and talked to him, and all he talked about was building stuff with his grandfather, and I said, Eric, you know what? You're an engineer. You just haven't gone to school yet. Mm. He, he left there. I got him a part-time job with an engineering firm. They sent him to school. Now he's in charge of, uh, of uh, all the uh, 
solar stuff for southern companies down south here. So, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, people, we all have this, our design written in us already. We just need to peck away at all those voices from our parents and our peers and our pastors and our teachers who say you ought to do this and figure out really it is, you know, what you really want, what what brings you pain and energy and stuff you like to tinker with. And I spoke with a bunch of uh, high school students the other day, and I told them, don't trust your heart in career, trust your ears. Because it is the language you love to be around is what makes you feel most alive in a job. And uh, so I always say careering should be spelled C-A-R-E-A-R because it is the language and uh, to help you because I think of my life, I just followed these languages that got me here in psychology and theology and stuff that I liked. And uh, so those are some of the other stories. And uh, <clears throat> I've uh, worked with a architect. Uh, he was 49 years old and he is just most painful looking guy you'd ever meet. And I asked him what happened. He said, I said, why are you doing this? You don't seem to like it. And he said, I really don't. But when I was, mother took me to college and said you're going to be an architect and i just put my head down and pedaled mm. for 40 years and that actually he decided now he started his own firm and going to go on his own but uh anyway those are just some of the things that happen i you know i i just if people would take a chance to step back and you know i say you know sharpen your focus strengthen your relationships and kind of simplify everything that's my process uh, that you apply to your life, just things start happening when you get clarity on what you want. So, One of the things that you mentioned is, you know, working with the younger kids, some stuff that I recently uh, realized is with my middle son, my 19-year-old, getting out into the job force and stuff, is one of the opportunities that he had presented to him that he's actually going to be taken advantage of, I believe, because um, he's got a lot of opportunities coming his way, quite frankly. But he wants to get into like higher, like being a mechanic, but working like in NASCAR, that type of stuff. And a there's a mechanic shop out here, a body shop, and they do all kinds of different work. And what they do is like an intern, a paid intern. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they get you through all these certifications. And the longer you stay with the company, the more certifications you get. And before mm-hmm. you know it, you're making twenty three, you know, thirty, uh, $30 an hour. Yep. And there's the same thing in the aviation industry. Mm-hmm. There's the same yep. thing in many different industries to do that with. You don't need the college degree, guys. Um, mm-hmm. There's trades out there that contractors doing the same thing. They're bringing on interns and they're mm-hmm. teaching them on the site getting them certifications, and then they're moving on with their life and, and doing amazing things. Yeah, it's the old apprenticeship process. Yeah. It was thousands of years ago. And you know there's even a paid apprenticeship for people who are retired. I didn't know that. Yes, yes, there's the same thing. Uh, oh, I have two people now who are working. One's working in an uh, engineering firm. One's working in an advertising agency. Just And they pay them to, you know, to just work like an internship in college. And, uh, yeah, so it's that's taken over. That apprenticeship, internship thing is just huge. And I, I tell kids about college, too. I mean, you know, I see, uh, my, <clears throat> I see these kids with $100,000 in debt out of college and, and no job, and I'm going, you know, there's got to be a better way because the future is not I, – I, in 10 years, I don't know what college is going to look like at all. I just think it's going to be a totally different world. Um, I think it'll just be a lot of 
most any company will send you to school if you'll work if you come and work for them. So, uh, you're, I'm glad your son's doing that. That's uh, we and we we need craftsmen too. There just aren't any craftsmen anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's just and that's, there's a big um, yeah, a big gap there. I'm, I don't know if you know uh, heard of uh, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. I don't. Uh-uh. Yeah, well, Mike Rowe of Dirty, the, he used to do Dirty oh. Jobs. Oh, that TV show. Yeah, yeah, the TV show. Oh, so right, he's yeah, got yeah. a okay. he's got a program called Micro Works. He's got a website, Micro Works. I think it's dot com, and he's partnered with uh, a couple trade businesses, and he's got literally millions of dollars of uh, grants and uh, what do you call them scholarships? They go unused because. And they're for the trades. And, he, and he's got the numbers out there. Hundreds of thousands of jobs that are empty right now because there's no skilled tradesmen out there. Because the colleges did their campaigns back in the 70s and said, hey, you want to be this guy in the, in the office building and not this grease monkey standing here that's, oh, by the way, these days are making $30 an hour right. and less stress <laughs> <laughs> and not killing themselves every Monday as these corporate yep. guys are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, different world, and in the in like yes, all the kids are going to college, and well, I'm glad to know. But I mean, I know the dirty jobs. I finally realized who that was. Mm-hmm. Microworks. Okay, I wrote that down. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, look that up. It's a really, really good program, and and there's I think there's three criteria. I'm not going to remember all of them, but I know one of them is you have to do a video, you have to do mm-hmm. a paper and a video explaining why you're perfect for the program, and mm. and then you have to sign a pledge to put in the work. And huh. he said that's where a lot of people he's finding that it's missing because people aren't willing to take this pledge, I guess. But I don't know. There's a lot to be said wow. because of the the you know the culture that we live in these days. But bottom line is, man, the jobs are out there. <laughs> oh, there's there's always jobs mm-hmm. everywhere. Just uh, getting to them the right way. Yeah, so. and then people say, well, I don't have the training for it. Well, get the training. Yeah. There's ways to get the training. We just explained a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have the training. In two years, you either have the training or you won't. It's your choice. Yeah, you know? so, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're and if you're a self-employed type of person, I just ha- I have this conversation. I love bringing this one up because nine times out of ten, somebody will say, "Wally, I'm not doing that." When I first retired, my wife and I started a cleaning business. We started cleaning houses for a real estate agent. The house was empty, just needed to be prepped to go, you know, for the new. And in Hawaii, we were making pretty darn good money on a weekend just cleaning two or three houses. We'd go in there, blast the radio, and just get to work, man. And and, uh, that's darn good money, you know. And you can start that for darn near nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all kind of opportunities out there just – takes a little courage and a little imagination and yeah just step out that's the hard part is you know taking a step uh uh <clears throat> one of my uh are you familiar with the the five second rule in regards to what not oh no not. five second rule it's uh the uh mel robbins uh, wrote a book called the five second rule not familiar with that i don't yeah. think well it's on there's a it's on youtube and now mm-hmm. it's on uh, she's a famous author, actually one of the best-selling authors in the world. And her, uh, she she was uh, she was depressed and kind of wouldn't even get up out of bed every day. And her story, kind of make it short, was one night she was walking to bed and she passed a, a, a rocket that was blasting off. And as she walked in the room, it said five, four, three, two, one, blast off. And she said to herself, "That's what I need to do every morning instead of hitting the snooze button six times and laying here." 
my kids being late for school and everything. And so the next morning, her story goes, she alarm went off and she said to herself, five, four, three, two, one, and took an action, stood up. Mm. And since that day now, she's uh, actually she's one of the leading uh, authors in the world. She's a professional speaker. She went to work for CNN within a year of doing that that five second rule thing with herself. It's a great you need to. That's a great book. It's a great you can go on YouTube. Just look up Mel Robbins. TED Talks, all that stuff. It's uh, and it's about taking action because people sit and think all the time. You know, if you and I've done that myself. As a matter of fact, the way I got my book published, I, I self-published my book, and uh, I wanted to get you know a publisher in New York to pick it up, and and so so a guy gave me a, a name of an agent, and I talked to some of the agents. I didn't want to talk to another one. He said you need to call this guy. I think he could help you. So. I was sitting there, and I had just listened to Mel's thing, his her little tape, and I said, five, four, three, two, one. I really did that, and I hit, an, I sent him an email. Within 10 minutes, I got a mail back from him who said, when can we talk? He went online, looked at my book, looked at all that. He said, I know the public, perfect, perfect publisher you in New, for you in New York. I'm going to get in touch with him. Three days later, I had a contract for my, for my book. It literally happened because of me going, you know, I put this stuff off, I put this stuff off, but taking an action like you did with the, you know, cleaning the houses, you didn't sit around, you just thought, where's the need, where can I go? So uh, that's part of, yeah, I, I talk about that some in a little book as well, mm-hmm. about uh, take a bold step. It won't be as bad as you think. Yeah, you, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah, and we just started doing that, quite frankly, just because I was retired. At the, I was, you know, took yeah. a couple months off, and I was like, "What the heck?" You know, extra money, and we're just sitting around, you know, watching the <laughs> yeah. waves come in, you know, <laughs> which is fun. But you can't do that forever, man. Sure, your body deteriorates. But no, I'm going to definitely check that out. And guys, it's the same thing as you know. Uh, I follow Tony Robbins a lot, and he says, you know, as soon as in your mind or even out loud you say something like "I can't," then just go then just go and just do it. But I love that five second rule. I'm going to be looking that up. I might even post that video yeah. in the show notes. So guys, keep a lookout for that. I'll, I'll put that video in the show notes, that Ted talk. Absolutely yeah. love stuff like that, man. So Michael, sure. we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Yeah. The three, three action steps. Yeah. 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 So share with us one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Uh, number one, uh, pray first. I don't know, you know, who you pray to or who you do, but uh, I just honor your creator, whoever they are, the first thing and everything you do. Uh, t- make a list, uh, especially if you're wondering what I should do with my life. Make a list in, I call them an awesome and aw- awful list. So every day for one week, if you will write down what was awesome at your job and what was awful at your job, don't write down people's names. Uh, the task that you did within a week, you'll get real clear on what you need in your next job. Just more of your awesome stuff and less of your awful stuff. It's the simplest way to get clear on what you want in your career. My third uh, recommendation is mentor. Find someone to be a, men- a young man to be a mentor to, um, and uh, help them. Because by helping them, you're going to help yourself get clearer. If you can't decide what you want, get find a young guy who's not doing that and just help him out. And we have a process to help you be able to do that. Absolutely. Great. I love that. What are the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? 
I guess the first thing I said was pray first. I start my day. You know, we have control of two parts of our day, the beginning of our day and the end of our day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so pray first. I believe you give first and then, uh, you know, write. uh, And, you know, personally, I'm I'm a Christian, so I just read. uh, There's a thing called the one year Bible. It has a um, short piece of the Bible comes every day and I read that every day. So those are some of my rituals and I, and I do yoga every day too. So it kind of keeps me stretched out. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I was <laughs> never a fan of yoga until I tried it and I was like, Oh my goodness, that's awesome, man. You know, yoga means breath. And that, mm-hmm. and when I got that, yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty awesome. So yeah. And there's uh, many different types of yoga. Out yeah. there. There's the deeply, deeply spiritual yoga, uh, you know, there's some Christians kind of go, ah, that's kind of weird. But, you know, and then there's just the physical movement of the whole bit and the calming and the breathing. And then there's some really super intense yoga, too. So, oh, what about that? Yeah, what about that uh, hot yoga? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I just little- had a conversation with a guy the other day, and I thought hot yoga was just doing yoga in a, in a hot room, but yeah. it's intense, man. It's oh. pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. So what would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Uh, well, uh, I mentioned the one-year Bible. I just It pops up every day for me and it kind of helps me even though I read one verse. Uh, there's another thing because uh, it's called the Bible Project. It's a podcast, and it, it simplifies reading the Bible. I mean, most people don't read because it's so hard for people to understand the words but there's a it's a five minute podcast on every book of the Bible called the Bible Project, and I, if you're interested in all in understanding it, I would say that uh, there's a book called Fresh Air, Air, Fresh Air. It's by Chris Hodges. It's one of my favorite books, and then anything by Patrick Lencioni to me, and anything by C.S. Lewis. Those are just the things that kind of bring education and inspiration to my life. Very nice. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, living too fast. Mm. Uh, you can't. You can't love fast. You can't listen fast. So I just say, get in nature. Slow down. Uh, you know, sharpen. What have uh, listen to you know my, my mission if you saw my little personal plan my mission in life my vision is life is that everyone would slow down enough to hear god's whispers so i'm just saying slow down sharpen your focus strengthen those important relationships and figure out how you can simplify everything around you man that's wonderful so what does being a man of abundance mean to you michael oh it just means living in gratitude and generosity and uh, you know, there's a <clears throat> there's a Psalm 62 that's kind of a favorite of mine. It says, "My soul finds rest in God, and my salvation comes from Him. He is my rock and salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken." So this that's where it all centers for me, and and uh, understanding, accepting that God's place in my life. So. Beautiful. So, brother, we're going to close this up. But before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Yeah, I want to be. Uh, of course, my publisher requires me to do this, but I'll do it anyway because I think my little book, "The White Shirt: Find Your Peaceful, Life-Giving Career at Any Stage in Life," is a 110-minute read. 
it's one hour and 10 minutes. I'm sorry, an hour and 10 minute read. It's a parable about four young boys who lost their way and they find it through travels in their life. At the end of it, your my book, The White Shirt, there'll be there's a, a seven step guide to putting together your career for your next step in your career. And we have whiteboard videos online. We have an audio uh, course that you can take that can do that. But the unique thing about my book is it's the only career book ever designed to be done with a friend or a mentor. Mm. It it actually in the book is it refers you back to your mentor, your friend. All the videos talk about working with your friends. So you, uh, if someone bought this book, or bought two of these books, and they sit down <clears throat> with that young man I was talking about, you know, you really don't. Most people don't know what to say. I'm a mentor, but I don't know what to say. Well, you can go step by step, turn a video on, watch the white, the five minute video about this step of looking at your family's career, looking at your strengths, all those things. So it gives you a way. A path to run on when you're mentoring a young man, so or a young young lady. So that would be that's what it was all really built for. My picture when I wrote it was a grandfather sitting down with the grandson, who both of them, the grandfather's retire and didn't know what to do, and the grandson's moving in college didn't know what to do. <laughs> so that's how I pictured the book and how I wrote it. So that's what I would want to share with everyone. And for I have never made this offer before. Uh, on my website, the white shirt book, but for people for this podcast, I will send you a free copy of my white shirt book, a hard uh, softback copy under one condition that you email me, that you go online and order another book from Amazon and, and email me and tell me that and I will send you a free book for all of 2019 only and you and I want you to use that with another person and experience helping someone find their place in the world. So that's my I've never done that. This is the first podcast and probably the only one I'm going to do that on. But uh, I want to make that an offer to anyone for 2019. Email me that you at uh, michaelallentate.com. That's A-L-A-N. I know it'll be on the on your notes there. Yeah, I'll add that to the show notes for sure. Man, and Michael, that's awesome, man. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I've been wanting to do it, and my uh, <clears throat> publisher said, I don't know if that's a great idea, and I said, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Got to so, go with your heart, man. Yeah, yeah, I just – because it's not about selling the books. It's about getting the people out there who are stuck where I was and uh, just and getting out of that pain to the you know the world we, we need to be in, so – Anyway, yeah. I, man, it's been great. I appreciate the time so much, Wally. Oh, really. my pleasure, man. It's been a great conversation. I <laughs> thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this conversation, and we will have all of that linked up in the show notes, guys, so don't worry about that, but definitely make sure you go take advantage of that because I think it's just a wonderful thing, man. It's all about the Pay It Forward community, and that's yep. what we do here is pay it forward. Helping others helps you. Again, Michael, I greatly appreciate that. Man, just go out and live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward like you are. It's awesome. Thanks, Wally. Uh, have fun on the beach. <laughs> I will. All right, guys. So your action step today is to sit down, take inventory of what is working in your life, what is not working in your life, and see if you can find a middle ground there. It's not always easy to make change, but it is possible. 
And most of the time, it's just a matter of taking some discipline and changing up some of your rituals that will eventually make lasting change. You know, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five years. But another vital component to living a life of abundance is enjoying the journey along the way. That's a litmus test. If you're not enjoying the journey along the way, you're not going to enjoy the destination. Now, go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.